Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are continuing with Rhythm of War. We're about halfway through. Uh, that's So we stopped just before part three. Nicely placed. Yeah, thanks, thanks Brandon. Uh, but first we wanted to do a quick, uh, quick thank you to those that have joined the Patreon to support the show. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it's it's cool to see anybody thinking that this podcast is worth uh, not only your time, but also your money. So, uh, yeah, it's very cool. We've also had like a great couple of weeks on the subreddit. I mean, the subreddit is always very wholesome and positive, but the last two weeks have been like super great. Like we've had a lot of really positive mm-hmm. comments. Uh, I love it. Y- y'all are giving me yeah. life over here. So thanks. It's really nice. Finally. Finally, someone is giving Dan life, which is nice. Um, but but yeah, okay, we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it there. Thanks again. If anyone if anyone hears this and is like, yeah, I can't really want to be involved, uh, check out our Patreon. Um, but let's get to rhythm of war. No warm up today because mm-hmm. we're we're too excited. Um, like I said, just before part three, and this section. I, w- I want to start with Kaladin. Okay. Yeah, Kaladin's had some had some issues. So I want to start with the good stuff of Kaladin, which is that he finally finds like his calling. I feel. Ah, uh, I don't know. You don't think the you don't think the like mental illness treatment is like a is like a breakthrough for him? No, it definitely is a breakthrough. You say his calling though, and I'm thinking of those like Voren church things where it's like this is what I do and train for. And this doesn't seem like this is Kaladin's final evolution. Okay. This uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Like this feels kind of like he's still trying to recover from his experience. And like I think this will be a whole like a worthy project for him like i think he's going to be very successful and do a lot of great things with this but i don't think his new career is like director of a mental health clinic like i don't think that's the end game for kaladin here okay okay i think i agree with that i i think that it's not the end game for kaladin in this story um because like for the context of what's happening it's not i feel a big enough role for the <laughs> setup that Kaladin has had. I mean, unless it was like Kaladin was just kind of like fading into a, I, I don't want to use that term because it's not like bad, It's but it's like a giant war that Kaladin is extremely important for. Yes. So I feel like once this war is over, knock on wood, <laughs> I could see Kaladin returning to this, uh, this, I don't know what it, I guess it's, Maybe an experiment, but uh, yeah, there's but like it clinic. is also yeah, yeah, a clinic. And I, but then, then my next point was that it's very unfortunate that like immediately it's taken from him. <laughs> well, okay, we don't know that it's taken. F- oh wait, yeah, actually, I just remembered what happened at the very end, and it's for sure gone now. I forgot that he he did a big kill at the end. Right. Because right. I was kind of hoping, until that happened, I was very much hoping that Kaladin would be, like, secret. 
Kaladin would be able to just like conceal mm. his scar and they wouldn't know he was Kaladin and just be still doing this thing. Sure. That was my hope for Kaladin. And then it immediately was destroyed when he had to fight. Yeah. I don't know if that was my, like, I'm, I didn't want, Kaladin just too, like, good to read about when he's doing the, like, classical noble things. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. When he's getting into a big fight with everybody and winning and when he's, like, saving people because they're his friends. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right, 100%. But at the same time, it sounds like it's really rough on him. Oh, for sure. It sounds like it's really hard on Kaladin these days. I also wonder if he is, since we're talking about Kaladin, I really wonder how much it is just like him fighting and how much it's like maybe something else that he's not investigating enough. Mm. Like, because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't seem like he has a huge issue with like fighting people. It seems more like he has an issue with failure and like he, his inability Ooh. to, because this, I feel like this current stage of Cowden started with Elokar's death. And he had that moment, like he had that kind of depression that happened to him immediately after that. And I will say in that moment, he was like, why are any of us fighting? This is all bullshit. And so maybe then he kind of realized like fighting any of these people is terrible and like we shouldn't be doing it. But he clearly is not, taking on his dad's philosophy of pure pacifism he clearly is like yeah this actually doesn't work dad you can't keep you can't do this practically right so i i I like this though because it's like the same way that people were misdiagnosing the like people that kaladin is was now treating Mm -hmm. kaladin now i feel like has been misdiagnosed with battle fatigue right right and i i don't (laughs) this is strange because we are both reading from a character's perspective so we know what's going on in their head and yet at the same time it's like yeah but maybe there's other stuff that isn't like written and it's clear that this is you know kaladin isn't making this up and he is aware of the fact that it is fighting that's giving him the hard time and not something else so it's tough to say I don't want to put words in Kaladin's mouth or pretend like he doesn't know what's going on, but he doesn't seem to be processing it really. He's just kind of wallowing in it. Sure. And he's attributed it to battle fatigue, just like everybody else. And I don't know if that's the case. I don't know either. I don't know either. I feel like we've, we've said this before and I don't know if this is a controversial opinion, Mm -hmm. but are we really tired of his dad? Oh dude. We've said this before. I don't think it's controversial because his dad is dumb as hell. <laughs> his dad sucks. The main okay, good. Here, the biggest here's the biggest thing that I have with his dad. The, my biggest issue. I can understand, and and I do want to say here that this this kind of gets at a larger issue, but I want to pose it as a question. So his Lyran. Kaladin's dad is like a pure pacifist, like refuses to do any acts of violence. 
and he believes he doesn't need to because if nobody's fighting, then there, none of these issues will exist. And so he's going to be that example of nobody fighting. Here's the thing. Here's the question I want to pose. The singers come into his clinic and they're like, hey, we're rounding up all the radiants. Liren says, uh, okay, well, they're my patients, so you can't have them. And they're like, oh, we're going to take them unless you stop us physically. And he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to stop you physically, but what are you taking the radiance for? And what if they said, instead of the thing that they did say, what if instead they were like, no, we're going to just kill them all. We're going to put them all in a pit and light them on fire. Like, Liren, what, do you then just stand by and be like, well, I'm going to write a letter to the manager about this. This is absurd treatment. Like, by not fighting back, you are allowing, like, all of your patients to be potentially murdered. Now they didn't, they aren't, they didn't necessarily say they were going to do this. And this is the disagreement that Liren has with Kaladin of like, well, we don't know what they're going to do with them. But what if they just came out and said like, yeah, we're going to kill them. We just don't want to do it here. Yeah. I mean this, okay. So this is the, like you said, it's a bigger, it's a bigger argument, but it's like the big issue with like pure pacifism. I would say, I feel like if you're, if you're Liren and you're like, ideology is the main thing is that if no one does violence it's everything will work out like i just don't know if surgeon is the right role do you know what i mean well like i feel like it's like the counterweight you have to try to make you have to find a role that makes war unnecessary you can't just like be on the back end yeah, but he, can, he as a surgeon, he can complain about it every day, but then still profit from it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, man, cynical. Like, he can cynical hold himself man. up as this great icon for everyone, while at the same time being like, I am still going to charge you for that arrow hole I patched up. Because, like, That's you right. shouldn't have gone to war in the first place, bud. Yeah, bud. <laughs> Sorry. But I will still need those silver or those uh, chips for sewing you up. It's also, I mean, he's also just a huge hypocrite, which we already know. Like he has these lofty ideals and claims that they're so important to him and yet stole from a like patient of his. Mm -hmm. And he admitted it. He was like, oh yeah, I definitely stole the money from that guy who was my patient. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I also we're very, we're very anti-Liren, which I'm, which I support. Um, right. I, it also yeah, is I don't not. Think it's a, I don't think it's controversial. But if if anyone disagree, if anyone disagrees, let us know. I appreciate his point here about how like if everybody decided to not fight, then we wouldn't really have war. Like, sure, that's fine. But it's also just so. It's a perspective that I think benefits oppressors so much. To be like, mm. oh, don't fight. Just, like, do what we say. <laughs> and I think having this pure pacifist stance of, like, literally no violence is acceptable is bad. This is, like, maintaining status quo. And, like, Liren is not doing anything. Liren is not doing anybody any favors by being like, you killed somebody, so now you're dirty and I don't want to deal with you. Right. It's terrible. It sucks. It's it's terrible. Point is, we hate Liren. We really don't like Liren, and I think Kaladin deserves a better dad. Get Dalinar back here, please. Yep. <laughs>
I almost did a Daddy Dalinar thing, but I'm glad I didn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, you, you kind of did, though, Luke. You kind of did. Okay. Check that out. Uh, okay. Hmm. I normally... Okay, so I normally don't pay a lot of attention to the pre-chapter tidbits. Mm-hmm. There is one of them that really stood out to me. So much so that I want to read it verbatim. So Ooh, okay. these, for the second, for part two, the pre-chapter tidbits are this letter that the Wanderer is receiving from an unknown entity, but mm-hmm. seemingly somebody who knows a lot of important and powerful things. This is one of them. This is one of the pre-chapter sentences. I have reached out to the others as you requested and have received a variety of responses. That's, that's it. That's nothing. Not very informative. Is that what you're saying? That's literally nothing. Um, my note for you is to just cut that sentence from your whole thing. Like, don't include that in your letter. You're not saying literally anything. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got to be concise in these letters. I yeah, I imagine. I imagine you would want to be pretty concise in these letters. Uh, and yeah, you just didn't say anything. So. <laughs> Thanks for this is, a, this is a good criticism. Thanks, no, I, agree. I guess. Um, but just yeah, really approach. I think the second part that we're gonna we're, we're gonna go deep into some uh, literary critique here. The second the second part of the sentence is the real issue. Absolutely, Cause like, yeah. Because like saying that he reached out or they reached out is a reasonable thing to say, but I received a variety of responses is useless. Right, like, of course you did. You know what would be noteworthy is if you received the exact same response from everyone. That's incredible, and you put that in there for sure. I love it. But, like, a variety of response. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) These are great notes. Get it together. Uh, Like, God being... (laughs) You're terrible at writing letters. Yeah, you suck at this. Practice your writing, please. He's probably a man, which is why it's so bad. <laughs> That's right. I will say, I think that they... So, if I remember correctly, the entity that's writing is a combination of two shards. I don't quite remember if we if we know what the entity that's writing is. I don't... Re- you might be right. You might be right. I'm not willing. I think it's a combination of preservation and ruin, which what a combo. very confusing combo. Yeah, I don't know about that, folks. Um, There's got to be some nuances in there. <laughs> I, I think what these pre-chapter interludes suggest, though, which is very interesting, is uh, it, we're getting a lot of information about the Cosmere. In the last, like, mm-hmm. I'll say uh, novella and book. Like in Dawn Shard and this one, we're getting a lot of information about the Cosmere. And yet, Luke, does this remind you of a different uh, fantasy property that we're very involved with? Uh, I, I, it's not coming to mind, but well, I'm assuming I'm going to... So there are these, like... Uh, 
very powerful beings who exist off-world and they're kind of involved in the politics of the on-world stuff where there's also very powerful beings who are slowly gaining power and energy levels mm. and fighting, okay. fight, doing a lot of fighting. But the, there's like a much bigger like planetary sure. battle that's happening that could just totally destroy whatever's going on anywhere. Right, the Cradle series is what you're referencing. Yeah, the Abadan or the Dawn Shards are fighting over these different worlds that seem to be important. And on these worlds, there's also cool abilities and powers. I'm getting so many Cradle vibes from these. I do. I Yeah, I actually agree with you here, especially because, like, for the, for the, for the people that have done our Cradle series, there's also, like, other books by Will White that are actually written kind of in the same way as the Cosmere, that it's the same like universe, just a different world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I agree with you here. This, uh, I don't, I, I don't have like a good point about it, but there's a connection for sure. Yeah. I, Maybe it's the same universe <laughs> just from different perspectives. <laughs> yeah. You're saying, uh, Brandon and Will are doing a collab here and it, there's, gonna... there's two sides to every story, Dan. <laughs> One of them is named Brandon Sanderson, and the other is named Will White. And turns out, oh, pen name. And also... <laughs> Odium's, actually, Odium's actually the Mad King. See? It just That's, makes sense. There. Yeah. Honor is uh, Osriel. Mm. Sure. Sure. I'm expecting... Because he's dead. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you all know what we're talking about. Okay, no, good connection, good connection there. Um, so, okay, so my next notes I, are a little bit bigger. Do you, have any, do you have any more small details that we should cover first? I mean, yeah, but I'll sprinkle them in. Okay. I feel like we've got to talk about Pattern being the spy. Yes, we, we do. I will say we didn't have uh, an opportunity to get in on it very much on the pod but i this was my guess if we're being 100 percent honest before the reveal okay. this was 100 percent my guess of who the spy was <laughs> okay we're gonna give you credit for that for sure no i don't want credit uh, i just i read it and i was like okay yeah that's what i thought come on Patty. <laughs> i got to feel very smug i love the brag um i i didn't see it coming at all to mm-hmm. be honest with you mm-hmm. it it's very interesting because this whole time, like the previous secret that Shalon had to level up was mm-hmm. that she killed her mom. Yeah. And I I don't remember if I made this point on the pod. I feel like I did where I was like, okay, what like is, how could there be a bigger secret <laughs> that she's been hiding? But like now the floodgates, like, or not the floodgates, but like anything's possible for her past. Right. I have no idea. I have no idea what Here's, her secret is going to okay, be now. Okay, 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 okay. This is a good point. I want to tweak it just a little bit. And the way that I want to okay. tweak it is she's worried that she's going to have to talk about something that's even worse than her killing her mom. Mm-hmm. That concerns me a lot. That concerns me a lot because she killed her mom and I, I did she already tell Adeline about that? I don't remember. I don't recall either. Regardless, there is this other way worse thing 
that she won't even think about. We, we've already yeah. hit matricide. Like, we've already hit killing your own mom. And she's like, oh, no, that's not even... We haven't hit the surface, baby. You don't want to go any deeper <laughs> than that because it gets so much worse. That's not good. I'm very concerned for what else Shalon has going on. Yeah, see, th- this was my issue. Like, I don't know what it could be because it, like, it can't be societal because she was a child. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I'll bet she's done some really bad stuff. Dude, I'm telling you, she's a freaking sociopath. What could it be? Here's, like, what? here's what she did. Here's what she did. Here's what she did. She's responsible for the entirety of her family's dysfunction. Okay. She has been manipulating one of her brothers to be like a gambling addict and the other one to like be murdering small animals. And she's the one who like broke up her parents' marriage. I think she's the one who's been just like destroying her family. I think it's, it's even bigger than her killing her mom. I think it's, I think it's that she is just like, she hates her whole family and wants their lives to be ruined. It's <laughs> very, you know, this is clear. This is clear anti-Shalon bias. I want to say. Luke, we're talking <laughs> about what's worse than her killing her own mom, because there's okay. gotta be something. This is what I'm saying. It is. Okay. 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 However, I, I want to, I want to, uh, absolve her a little bit of her mom killing. Okay. Thing. Okay. Go ahead. Because wasn't the context, I don't remember it exactly, but it was like her mom had invited someone to kill her. Beca- yes, because they wanted to bring back the radiance. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Totally correct. Here's the thing. That's so easy to explain to someone. To be like, hey, I killed my mom, but hold on. This is what happened. Let me tell you this story. Right. Especially somebody who's your friend. Right. Like, you should be able to do that no problem. I don't know about no problem, but sure. Okay, sure. But like, if they trust you, you should be able to be like, okay, there was this thing that I did. Mm -hmm. It was really bad, but I wasn't really doing it maliciously. Okay. She has refused to tell anybody about it. Right. Aside from maybe Adeline, but Luke and I don't remember if she even told Adeline about it. So she's admitted (laughs) it to herself, but I don't know if she's admitted it to anybody else. Um... This thing is way worse than that. And that thing is, she she is concerned that this thing will cause everybody to leave her. This new, even worse thing. Which to me implies you did something really bad. Dalinar wrote a book where he murdered his own wife accidentally in a fire and told that to everybody. And Shallan is now concerned that the thing that she did We'll get everybody to turn their backs on her. After reading Dalinar's book, she's like, oh, man, I can't tell anybody what I did because it will not go over as well as this is. Right. This is all valid. Um, I, I'm holding out hope that it's an illo- like an a irrational fear. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. I'm holding out like the opposite hope in a weird way. Here's what I mean. I'm holding out hope that we're finally going to get a character that has intentionally done something evil. Mm. We talked about it last time. We talked about Dalinar's big crime that he did. 
where it was like yeah. very intent, like accidental. And like he kind of gets away scot-free because even his thrill thing was not even his whole deal. Like I know he's taking credit for it, but I don't think he deserves the credit like he's taking for all this I stuff. Mean, okay. I mean, he, I, yeah, I will say he burned down an entire city. <laughs> but Shalon, I want Shalon to just be like, yeah, I kicked my baby brother because he was being rude to me. And so I just kicked him. I want one of these characters to do something that they made a choice to do something bad. Mm. And it had mm-hmm. bad consequences and they feel guilty about their bad choice that they made to do evil. Okay. I want that so bad. Sure. Because sure. we can't just forgive people who did things accidentally bad or not 100% in their control bad. We, we've got to have some we've got to have some some i don't know like forgiveness for people who chose to do evil stuff this is also why i'm hoping we get a little moash redemption arc Ooh, okay moash is gonna need a lot of redemption i know but i do want to see a last minute moash redemption at some point okay we'll see about that i will say uh more likely it seems uh uh Taravingian redemption. Yes. Oh, you've brought us to Taravingian now, though. Can we talk? Can we move on to Taravingian? Yeah, let's do it. We've got to have a better way of handling Taravingian, everybody. <laughs> I think they're we're all doing such a bad job with Taravingian. We're all just yeah. being like, I hope he doesn't re- remove all of his troops from our alliance. I'm going to look at him for how he's responding to the things we're asking him. And that's going to be the way we know if it's good or bad. Oh, no, he smiled when I asked him to bring me an ice cream. Oh, that's not good. Don't uh, don't bring me the ice cream, Taravindian. Psych, don't bring it to me. Yeah, okay, okay. So they don't have straight up evidence that he has turned. Yeah, Yeah, but they're all like he's definitely turned. They're all like, yeah, yeah. They're all like functionally aware that he is not on their side. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent. Like, there is no doubt. I, I, I will say, I don't know how much of this, how, of my like awareness of this, is shaped by the fact that I have seen from his perspective that he has for sure switched sides. Because, like, I don't know if I had not seen that, if I would have been like fifty-fifty. Yeah, but the other characters are like, yeah, Teravingian's probably going to turn on us and turn on us in a way that he gets his whole army to attack ours. So we have to account for okay, that. I do. I do agree with you here. <laughs> it's like, all right, we got to have a meeting about this. <laughs> right. Like at least have everybody on board with this and be like, how do we how do we mitigate this disaster that's about to happen? Yeah. Because I also do very much understand that they're like, well, we do need his troops. Like we do need his troops to do any of these mm-hmm. things. Like, Fine. But I just feel like they're doing such a bad job. They, like, their plans don't seem to have backstops really against Teravingian turning against them. Well, they do, but they feel unnecessary. Like, for example, the mink comes in and he's like, hey, why do you have all your troops over here? It's almost like you're worried about somebody stabbing you in the back. Oh, Teravingian's evil, isn't he? And they're like, yeah, Teravingian's evil, so we can't move our troops where we want. And at that point, if I'm the mink, I'm like, okay, well, we could get rid of Teravingian, right? Right. We could just 
you know, get him out of here. Put him out of commish in some way. Maybe get his number two involved or three or four or however many down we got to go. Sure, sure. There, Like there's options where we don't have to constantly be like, yeah, he's going to backstab us. We just don't know when. Maybe you start replacing the troops in, or like the commanders in his army with like, hey, we're doing a little swap. We're doing a little commander swap this week. I feel like you're. I feel like you're implying they have way more power over his army than they do. If he is like willing to agree to all this stuff, he like out in the open, he's being like, yeah, I'm totally on board with this alliance. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about this, everybody. I was the first one. Right. So I feel like they you, you use that to be like, oh, wow, I'm glad you're so excited about this. We're doing a little army swap where I give you some <laughs> commanders and you give me some commanders. And it's great. We're going to learn so much from each other. Classic, classic army swap. Everybody yeah. does it. <laughs> All the cool kids are for sure. Um, I I will say the thing that they do where they're like, okay, we're going to bring them along. <laughs> So that if they turn against, if his like 20,000 troops turn against him or against us, we'll have him. And like, I don't know. <laughs> the thing that, ha- the, that's clearly not the best move because it, it happens and then you just have him and that's like not enough to do it. <laughs> right. He's still done the bad thing. You just now have a prisoner. Yeah. Which isn't that useful to you. So, okay, so so this last moment that I was referencing earlier is when he seems to have some change of heart that he's going to actually be working against Odium. Yes. In some undisclosed way. Yes. Which I got hyped about. And then he's, just, he's like, okay, yeah, but obviously I still have to, uh, st- obviously still have to do the turret and kill everybody. <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> yeah, I... I think Teravingian gives Odium way too much credit. Like an insanely, like way, way, way too much credit. Because I get they have a kinship with their like planning. That should be a reason why you don't trust that he can see the future. Because your whole plan was like, we're going to get Dalinar out of Kamish. And then things are going to be easy sailing. And then, uh uh-oh, guess what? Dalinar is fine. And doing great. And Odium's plan was also, we're going to get Dalinar on our side. It's going to be super cool. And uh-oh, guess what? Dalinar is still one of the good guys. So right. you both totally fucked up your plans. You both have no idea what's going on in the future, if we're being honest. Your linchpins are not working out for you. So Teravingian, you should be like, okay, well, he doesn't actually know that much what's going on. And he has like kind of a moment at the end here where he's like, oh yeah, Odium's yeah. not actually that cool. But he still is like, I, I am going to do them tra- the traitorous thing though here because, you know, got to play the game. <laughs> God, there's, this, there's a moment here where Odium's like, you understand because you're able, you were able to do this kind of planning thing. And it's like, you were, like you just said, you were both wrong. <laughs> like extremely I, I, wrong. Is the, is the like incorrect thing part of the scar that's associated with Renarin? Yes. Yes. Because like, that's the middle. That, that, should, that <laughs> should be in the middle of the plan. The, he was like, I need a champion. It's going to be Dalinar. This, that's like my whole thing. This sure. Is- <laughs> 
He's big enough to have like contingency plans. But this scar is not out in the corner. This is like he lost his big guy. This is Da Vinci unveiling the Mona Lisa to everybody and be like, hey, check out this dope painting. And everybody being like, hey, why didn't you paint a face on that woman? And Da Vinci's like, yeah, but look how good everything else is. <laughs> it's like, I get it, but also the face isn't done. Like, there's no face right. on that woman. The hand, I guess, right. is nice. You did a good hand, but. It's like, okay, you, like, this planning thing isn't some power that you have. I mean, maybe it is, but it's not, like, a supernatural thing that you're correct because you can see the future. You're just planning and, like, hoping that things turn out the way that you planned. I don't know. This should, you're right. This should, this, this needs to give uh, Teravingian more confidence and just be like, okay, I'm turning against you completely. Right, like I'm telling everybody everything you're doing and we're now just going to fight you straight up because you seem yeah. kind of weak, to be honest. Yeah. Hey, guys, he can't plan around Renarin. Renarin <laughs> is now king of everything. We get Renner on one of those airships and just fly him everywhere. Take him, take him on a world tour because he is messing yeah. with plans left and right. And this is great. I don't really get it, but he's he's a big, he's part of it. He's a big thing, for sure. Uh, a little thing that we need to talk about, Luke. Mm-hmm. Adeline packed pants that don't have pockets. Mm-hmm. Well, to be clear, they had pockets, but they were sewn shut because they look better this way. I'll argue that's worse. <laughs> I, I'm not going to disagree. Why are we moving backwards with pockets and pants, guys? I, okay, here's the thing about it, which I appreciate Adeline's kind of treatise about fashion and how it's instinctual for him most of the time, but he had to train on it and he had to like be intentional about developing that skill of what to wear. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know what access he didn't develop when he was developing that skill was the practicality of any of his outfits. Because it's not like he's going to a ball where he's not going to have to put things in his pockets. He's going on a like weeks long journey into a foreign land where he's going to be like hiking around and stuff. And you brought pants that don't have pockets. Okay. That's an issue for me. And if I'm I mean, sh- okay, I, I think that the no pockets thing is an issue generally. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that this specific trip is an example of when you need pockets. Luke, he should be wearing fucking cargo shorts as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what are you talking about? He, he's always like got his horse there and his horse is wearing yeah, all of the things. Sure, but like uh, spheres are extremely valuable for the stormlight that they carry. <laughs> oh, spheres. For some reason I thought you said spheres. He was going to be putting spears in his pockets. Yeah, big spears in his pockets. No, spheres. He can fit a bunch of spheres in his pockets. Okay. And I get that they're all done. And be pickpocketed? You don't wear wear cargo shorts when you can be pickpocketed, Dan. You get a zipper or a button or something, Luke. Yeah, sew them shut. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, okay. You're saying, okay, yeah. Actually, this is probably the, the answer that I'm looking for is they are full of stuff. They're just sewn shut. So he's got them full of, 
full of spheres and they're just sewn shut so he can't be pickpocketed that's smart actually for an emergency he can he can open them up yeah yeah okay all right point rescinded then good job i i do love i love the uh the mentality behind needing pockets for it to be stylish but for the pockets to be sewn shut for it to be even more stylish (laughs) is it just like it fits better because they're sewn shut okay i think there's two possibilities here. they just lie better the first is yeah there's no actual like pocket in there right because a pocket is like a piece of fabric that's within the pant and so there's no actual pocket so they like lie flat against his thighs so you can really see those thighs when he's got the pants on Mm, of course that's one option the other is it's like yeah don't put anything in your pockets because it'll make these look funny so we will give you pockets but i don't trust you not to put anything in them so we're sewing them shut yeah and i think this is no i in general agree i think this is part of the reason why a lot of women's pants don't have pockets is because they're designed to not have that like fabric of a pocket yeah there and so i think this is why you know a lot of women complain that their pants don't have pockets because they just haven't been designed that way and i feel like that's the more likely reason why adeline's pants don't have pockets but we're living in a world where literally everybody else's pants have pockets so yeah it probably would have been fine guys give the man some pockets please what you're what you're not considering though is that he's an emissary on this mission and it's it's all about confidence and he's not confident unless he looks good he doesn't look good if he has pockets then <sighs> you gotta follow the follow the thinking here i hate the light eyes luke i know we all do we all do get him out of here get rid of our pockets <laughs> you know who else hates the light eyes a lot of characters but tell me one of them a lot of characters but this this new leader of the fused yes her her name starts with an r i forget it and i'm not going to try to pronounce it she also goes by Lady of Wishes or Lady of Pain, according depending on who you're talking to. Right. <laughs> Two sides to every story, Dan. Um, th- I feel like we can work with her. Okay? Uh, Weigh in. Because sh- I feel like she's potentially imagining a future where, we, where, we're, where we're coexisting. I don't think so. Didn't, didn't- This might be optimistic of me. Wasn't she going to be exiled because she tried to create a plague to kill all the humans? Yeah, she's and, extremely immoral. And it would have killed like a lot of the singers as well. Yes, she's a sociopath. Which I agree. shouts out to uh, Grey Bastards, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got a lot of callbacks. Um, but she talks about ending the war forever. And I think that she has a conversation with Finley that kind of implies that it's not like extermination. It's like the war is over because we're kind of working together. That's That was my read, which I will acknowledge might be optimistic. But I put her and Kaladin in a room. No. And, and we're working together, I think. Do you know what my, my read was extremely pessimistic about that? Do you know what my read was? 
What's that? Well, we just need to enslave the humans like they did to us. That'll be problem solved. <sighs> okay. Okay. That was my read of like, we need to dominate them so roundly that they're just not even it's a ve- factor. I, don't get me wrong. It's very possible. Um, maybe I just see the best in people, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that might be an issue, Luke. <laughs> that might be an issue going forward. Uh, I want to talk about another little note that I had. Sure. Early in this section, it said that the obsidian glass that makes up the land in Shadesmar occasionally Spren will break it off to use it as weapons. And I read mm-hmm. that and was like, oh, wait, are Spren fighting here? I didn't know Spren could die. So like, what are we, why are they making weapons? Like are Spren fighting? Then we learn from Adeline later when he's going to save that honor Spren, that Spren can kind of die. You just have to stab them a lot because it's the right. pain. Like you break their mind. So, if we put those two pieces of information together and we imagine a spren who is like killing other spren, that's terrifying. That entity is so terrifying to me because this is a spren that is breaking off chips of obsidian to torment another spren to death with. Sure, sure. Um, it's death. Don't get me wrong. That would be bad. That's like I, that's like way worse than like what I consider a human serial killer to me. For some right. reason, I don't know. Like I think it's just how how intentional you have to be about it for Spren, and how like long killing another Spren will take. Right, because like we see them trying to quote unquote kill. Uh, I forget his name, but the the honor Spren. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while and doesn't succeed. And they're like stabbing him over and over and over again. It is very dark. I will say, I feel like we already had evidence of Sprin fighting, but I'm now like not, I'm now weirded out by it because the Honor Sprin are in a fortress. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And have like guards. They have patrols. And all this stuff. Yeah. Why? For this to stop it seems this like a huge happening. waste of resources unless there's like what there's there's just a dark there's a there's a sprint war that we're just like kind of missing an extremely dark extremely gruesome sprint war that happens behind the scenes i don't know yeah because the fortress i mean they really hate the cryptics and now we're now we're a little worried about about pattern right um, You've been saying Shalom's the sociopath. Maybe Pattern's over here just murdering Sprint left and right. I would not be surprised because birds of a feather, you know. Um, but also, well, I didn't mention it when we talked about this initially. This kind of is starting to support my theory that the Sprint are all terrible. Okay. Because Pattern clearly has ulterior motives. Pattern, for sure, since he's the spy. Um, I mean, I will say you're... Your your uh, your your honor sprint theory got criticized a little bit on our subreddit. Yeah, but like, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know what I know. <laughs> That's 
<laughs> That's a good rebuttal. Until I get um, evidence that the honor spread are, uh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen significant evidence yet to convince me otherwise. And we're getting even more you, evidence. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't consider the fact that they tried to imprison Syl so that she wouldn't bond with Radiance? We don't know that that's why they were doing it. Okay. It's a, it's a good point. Stick also, there's obviously different factions among the Honor Spren because sure. some of them are bonding with Radiance and we don't know what their plan is. Ooh, maybe you, so. So you're thinking here that Sill is the evil honor spren, and the rest of the honor spren that t- tried to capture her are the good ones. Yeah, maybe now the the Stormfather's faction of spren is are the tyrants, and that's why they kicked the Stormfather out from being their leader. Okay, because they were like, ah, no, we still don't want to bond, folks, because it's like a weird power dynamic guys <laughs> wait so oh so those guys are, so those guys are the good ones yeah they're the the true honor spren okay good man honor spren politics are a little confusing they're really tough to understand i'm glad but... i'm glad you're here to uh to walk me through them yeah, well you and everyone everyone listening so right right i'm yeah. sure i'm not going to be proven wrong in the slightest when they get to the fortress and i'm excited That's for right. this reveal I appreciate you going out on a limb every episode. (laughs) Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Okay. Stormfather has a sibling named Sibling. Yes. And I just want to say, I know that you're not human sibling and like don't interact in ways that we're used to, mm-hmm. but come on. Like, you're, this message that they send to Navani early on, is like, hey, no identification, stop doing the thing. <laughs> yes, I'm aware that they don't understand how humans interact, but like, you can't expect someone to be like, oh, <laughs> Let me give up my entire economy because of this random message. And then, I don't know, just tell me you're the sibling. Come on. <laughs> this is what I'm frustrated about. She doesn't it would have been trust so much them. Luke, sibling does not trust anyone. This is the issue. So yeah, I feel like it wasn't the worst approach, but I think it, honestly, I think it needed to be more ominous. I think your okay. your message wasn't intimidating enough to get them to at least reconsider. Because Navani literally did not reconsider it at all. But if sibling... Well, right, why would she? Well, here, here's what I mean. Make it more ominous and then maybe shut down the heaters for a day. And Ooh. be like... Yeah, but that gives it away, right? I don't... Okay, I'm sure there's something less... There's something more subtle... That she could, that sibling could do, I think, than that, that would like prove her point that sibling is powerful and you should stop or you should at least reconsider using fabrials. Like, sure, yeah, maybe shutting off the heating system might be an issue, but I don't know. Maybe there's suddenly mice everywhere. I don't know. (laughs) Or those stupid birds. Did, did sibling just wake up? Is that what happened? 
I think sibling woke up when Dalinar opened a uh, perpendicularity in the tower. Okay. Okay. Because because I, I maybe I feel like that this message that she with that they send to Navani is just like I just woke up and realized that you're doing this, and I haven't had enough time to like, and I'm just reacting. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. Although I don't know, they had to put through a lot of plans to get the like span read into her. Yeah, into her carriage. It's a weird plan. It is a very weird plan. I think it's also interesting though because it kind of explains it explains something in a different light that we heard earlier. They were all wondering why the ancient people didn't have more fabrials. They were like. We have so many cool fabrials, and yet the Knights Radiant didn't? What the heck? Why didn't they do it? Maybe because their house, their fucking smart house, was like, no fabrials in the house, kids. And they were like, oh, man. But the elevators, yeah, it's like, uh, just those. Those are the only cool ones. Everything else, not cool. Don't do fabrials. Right, right. What's going on now, though? Like, what is the... Is it? Is it just sibling operating all of the things i guess i maybe i think it could also be that like just like the ones operating the oath gate the ones operating the elevators are super hyped to do it Mm. they're just like i love going up and then i love going back down again so fun right these are instead of navani's well i don't want to saddle navani with this like immoral thing that because she didn't really know but Instead of forcing Sprint into these positions, siblings' method is to, like, offer them a job. Yeah. Like, good bannies, satisfying right. work, and they just mm-hmm. do it all day long. It's a, it's a better method. I, yeah. I think so. Navani's looking for a better way to make fabrials. I think if you just explain, like, hey, you just got to offer, offer what they're worth, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Announce the starting salary on your job posting. Navani's over over here having like a pizza party to celebrate for everything. Meanwhile, siblings like, no, you got to offer like a bonus and a pay raise, my G. Right. Maybe some more overtime. Maybe some some more vacation days. Don't give them a the cost of living in Erythru is through the roof. We're not even keeping up with inflation. Navani, you're trying to go to the moon? Come on, pay your work as a living wage. <laughs> okay, I've turned around. I'm team sibling now. See, I think it's, I think it's the play. I, I really think it's the play. Siblings got it right. I, I actually thought that Timber, Vinley's little sprint, was sibling. Oh, because. Vinley has like I I forget if we know her second power already, but she's a stone she has the stone thingy. Uh-huh. Which is one of the bondsmith powers. Yeah. And I thought that she was gonna be a bondsmith, but it seems like no. That's interesting, Luke. Do you wanna hear my hot theory with very little evidence about it? Ooh, give it to me. Ishonai. Oh. Is Timber. Okay. Because Timber shows up right when a Shonai, they find a Shonai's corpse. And Ooh. this poses, a, th- this brings me to a larger theory about the Spren. 
we've talked, uh, I've talked a little bit about this, but I think the spread could be all dead souls of listeners and singers. Okay. Now, maybe not, but I do think that Timber is Eshonai. I think that's like the the link there, especially because she knows the like rhythms. I do like it. Feels- it's something that I had not considered before. Um, but it, it's it'd be nice. I kind of want it to be true too. Yeah, that's the other thing about this theory. There's not a ton of evidence for it, but I kind of just want it to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's also important to keep in mind that all of the spren are taking forms just like based on choice. So the fact that all of the radiant spren look like humans is just like they're choosing to look that way. They're not necessarily like directly related to humans. So they could for sure be singer like spren, like springer, singer ghosts, I'll say, or listener ghosts. Right. That's an option, everybody. Keep it in mind definitely an option because because they've said that the honor sprint are pieces of honor which even if that's true i don't it doesn't really i don't know if we've heard what the other sprint are right right we haven't we haven't but we do get a very interesting insight about sprint that i think has incredible implications okay the honor sprint have a very unique kind of sprint in their employ. Do you remember what these spren look like, Luke? I don't. They look like horses. And when they oh, asked yes. when they were asked about it, they were like, "Oh yeah, everything, a lot of things can make spren that look like them. It's not just humans." Which which does open up an interesting angle of like, okay, we can have axhound spren as well and like chasm fiend mm-hmm. spren. That's exciting, but that's not the route that I want to go. The route that okay. I want to go is horse radiance. Ooh introducing horse radiance man okay we've got the wind runners how about the wind gallopers (laughs) oh gallant get up there do you think that there would be a bunch of different types (laughs) or do you think it would just be like we've got the wind gallopers we've got the oat munchers we've got the (laughs) yes yes the oat munchers aren't quite as cool as the wind gallopers, I'll be honest. <laughs> Not as popular. <laughs> I mean, among a certain kind of of horse, they are. <laughs> We've got horse radiance as a possibility, Luke. Yeah. Is that what Rashadium are? That could be. We do get an indication that there's something weird happening with their souls because Adeline notices that Gallant when he moves, his soul seems to like make an after image, which is the same thing that's happening with um, Seth because mm-hmm. he's got his soul put back in his body. So there's something weird going on. Uh, I think they might be able to be radiance. I'm with you on this. Yeah. I'm excited for okay. it. Yeah. I don't really know what the implications for that are. Well, it means we're going to have a Kaladin for the horses, though, or a bridge for for horses there's this whole other narrative that's been going on we haven't heard anything about and it's all horse based that's right (laughs) i'm sure in one of the novellas between the books brandon will like introduce the horse radiance and their first contact with the human radiance and like forging those diplomatic bonds 
And then in the next book, it'll just be like horse radiance going to war against the <laughs> listeners and singers. Right. You got to get the big jump. I will say in, I forget if it was the first or the second book. I think the second book. Mm-hmm. There's like a plot line where Kaladin tries to ride like the super spirited horse that no one else will. That like that plot line weirdly, I feel like never went anywhere. <laughs> Right. And it's coming back. Kaladin didn't become a, a horse a horse kid after that and suddenly become strangely obsessed with horses and hasn't ridden a horse since, but introducing horse radiance. <laughs> now they're good enough for Kaladin. I'm for it. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I'm really excited for this this revelation. <laughs> Limited to horses and humans. <laughs> Not necessarily. But probably and chickens yeah there's they're... why are we calling all birds chickens uh because they just don't have the word bird luke you know why do they have the word chicken then because they love chicken shin shinovar okay. sends them chickens every so often actually no shinovar sends them chicken nuggets Ooh. and they're like i love these things what are they called chicken nuggets and it's like well i know what a nugget is I'm guessing a chick. What is a chicken? They're like, it's a thing with feathers and it flaps. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they see birds and they're like, oh, those are the chickens. They make chicken nuggets. Okay. Sure. Sure. I can see the etymology now. So. This this last scene, by the way, uh, I think it's Lyft's perspective, Mm -hmm. where she follows the chicken that got attacked by... The other chicken? By what's-his-name's chicken... I have no freaking clue what's happening in this scene. <laughs> and it turns out that, is it, is it Mraze? Is that his name? I think so, yeah. Mraze has like killed this person that had a chicken. <laughs> I've got, I, I'm assuming that's coming up later. Currently, no clue. Yeah, it does give him a much more ominous vibe that I wasn't expecting. I was kind of expecting the ghost bloods to turn out to be not as evil as we thought they were. Mm. But it seems like they're much more evil than I thought they were initially. I mean, either that or this is like a weird chicken fighting ring (laughs) (laughs) that Lyft has stumbled upon. This is all totally above board in the chicken fighting circles. If your chicken loses, you do get stabbed in the chest. It's just how it works. It's, It's tough. And normally there'd be an edge dancer around to heal you up and you'd be fine. But with the things happening in the tower, it's just, it's not, it's not happening. Right. Right. It's a very, it's a very high risk, low reward form of gambling. But if you live for the thrill, ooh, you got to try it. You got to. Got to. But Luke, we will probably find out in the next section mm-hmm. what's going on uh, with a lot of a lot of things frankly there's a lot of things i'm hoping we'll find out about uh the biggest one being horse radiance but i'm imagining that's going to come a little while from now i don't know if we're going to get that immediately uh however i guarantee you luke 100 without a doubt one week from today we'll be coming up with some more hot takes and acting like dumb nights 